Welcome to the Board of Excitement podcast from Public Grief Junkie. Hello there, my name's Paul and this is well worth recording because not only is it our first podcast, which is quite exciting, it's also the first time I've ever spoken slowly and clearly at the same time. So I'm a long way out of my depth, long way out of my comfort zone, a bit nervous and all that kind of stuff, but uh, do bear with me. Uh, Today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a bit of a book and not just any book, neither. Uh, I've been writing a book based on the, uh, the blogs for about a year now, year and a half, something like that. And uh, again, it's all about kind of what format and what form I wanted to do with it. What I didn't want to do is just sellotape all the blogs together and call that a book. It's about, I guess, a third of the way through. Um, trying to get it done for Christmas. Yeah, it'll all be good fun. Uh, if, you, if you do follow the blog, um, you'll notice that from time to time... I'll put up uh, cartoons, little cartoons of various people from the markets. I'm by a friend of mine called Cartoon at Greenwich. He doesn't actually know at the moment that they're book illustrations. I asked him last year to do book illustrations and for all his many, many qualities, uh, has um, taken a lot of ecstasy and any kind of pressure whatsoever, he'll just buckle. So um, even the pressure of, as in this case, doing seven cartoons, which will take him about three and a half hours over the course of a year, is too much pressure for Ben. Um, so what I've done is, uh, instead of saying the book illustrations, I just said I'm doing it for mates, really. And the way I see it is, by the time they become book illustrations, if he wants to freak out, I'll buy him some ecstasy. You know what I mean? He can go and dance about in the field for a bit till he feels better. Ben will be none the wiser. Anyway, okay, the bit I'm going to read uh, this evening is uh, from towards the beginning of the book. Um uh, it's actually from the beginning of chapter one, which is at the very beginning of the book, actually. You can't get any more early in the book than that. Um, I'll get on with it. I've got a bad reading voice, so if you want to, you know, wander off or listen to some tunes or put a kettle on or whatever, I will understand. It's fine. I, I, I get that, all right? <clears throat> Husband? I don't worry about him. Chapter one. A nation of shopkeepers. Here is a way to make money. Start with badges, ordinary pin badges. Often, hundreds of these things get chucked into job lots at shop clearance auctions for free. And who wants pin badges? Nobody wants pin badges, except for you. You love pin badges because you have a plan. Beg them off the bloke who won the job lot. It's one less box for him to load onto a van. They're only going to hang around in a garage for years anyway and then get thrown out. It'll probably give you them for nothing or next to nothing. Nobody, nobody ever wants pin badges. Sell the badges on a beach. Bournemouth is good because Bournemouth has sand. The significance of this will become clear later. Start on a Monday morning at the beginning of the summer season. Pin them to a beach towel and wander up and down the promenade. You and a mate, it takes two a tango in a carry-on like this. Anyway, it's quite convivial walking along, selling badges, chatting, having a bit of a laugh. Do it till it's time for the eight o'clock coach to Victoria Station. Get the train if you like, but the coach is cheaper and you'll want to preserve as much bad revenue as you can for later. Pretend to be drunk. Not so drunk that you look like trouble, but drunk enough to be boring. 
It's usually a contract driver who won't care if you have a ticket or not, as long as you stop being fascinated by him and sit down quietly at the back somewhere. When you get to London, go to your girlfriend's squat in Farringdon and get an early night. You've got a long day tomorrow. At 3am, get up and walk to Smithfield Market. Steal a shopping trolley on the way. There's usually one about at that time in the morning. If you've done your homework, and always, always do your homework, you'll have one at a secret location en route. Don't keep it at the squat. No one wants that. If you like taking speed, take some now. People on speed can really, really haggle, and you'll need to do a lot of haggling in order to buy as many offcuts of beef, ham, pork, or anything else you can get your hands on. They won't sell you anything that's actually unfit for consumption, but a lot of it will be touch and go. Don't worry too much. Stomachs have sulfuric acid in them. That stuff dissolves metal. A tiny bit of dodgy bovine won't scare a stomach. Put the meat into the shopping trolley and head back to the squat. Make sandwiches with the bread that your mate got in a similar fashion to you, except that he's negotiated it from a bored supermarket security guard. Make as many sandwiches as you can. Don't be shy with the pickles and relishes in case the meat isn't up to much. Patching up dodgy meat is how curry started, and if it's good enough for the Maharajas, it's good enough where you're going. Chuck everything into Moses baskets and rucksacks and carrier bags and catch buses to Bond Street and Covent Garden. You'll look ridiculous, but that's all right. A thing of beauty is a joy forever, my love. Twelve quid. Go round the shops and offices selling your sandwiches. There are two clever bits to this, and here comes the first one. Don't be too fussy about charging for them. Most people will pay, which is fair enough, but it's the ones that don't that you're after. Tell them it's fine, you'll bring an invoice in at some point and chuck a nice bonus on it for yourself. Quite often, in an office, they'll never check, what with centralised budgets and such. This kind of structure is designed so that no one is ever accountable for anything, and that is to your advantage. If they do quibble it, say, oh yeah, you're probably right, uh, tell you what, we'll split the difference. You'll still be up on a deal. Look upon the offices as your basic wage. It's the shop staff that you really want not paying. Take an interest in them and take an interest in their sandwich choices. Remember their names and establish a bond. This camaraderie forms the basis of the second clever bit. These places rarely see cash. You're in Covent Garden and Bond Street, not Primark and Poundland. It's all plastic at these prices. Also, these people are shop staff and they spend a lot of time bored. Any excuse for a natter, which means you should be in Report City with them by now, because you will, of course, have done your homework. Shock them with a big invoice, but give a hefty discount if you can take the balance in stock. Remember, you can take a few Paul Smith shirts and wipe out their debt for them. They'll put it down to shoplifters and write it off. Don't go berserk, though. Little and often is the key here. The centralised system of accountability only works if no one gets greedy. That said... You'll be surprised what shop staff will turn a blind eye to for free ham sandwich with several different sauces in it. Keep the appropriated stuff in your girlfriend's squat. Work hard at getting the designer clobber, because work is prayer and this might not be too godly. You'll have a veritable department store in that squat before you know it, so you might want to keep it quiet. Get a stall at Petticoat Lane on Sundays and start selling it at a half price to happy shoppers. If you're doing this in the early 1980s, you'll find that a disproportionate number of your customers are terrace casuals from West Ham or Tottenham, so try and timetable them a bit if you don't want any fuss round your stall. 
Tell one lot you're only there till 12 and the others that you're arriving at one. But keep enough nice pieces under the counter to keep the most discerning of both sides happy because these people know their schmutter. You now have momentum and have become a trinket vendor, a mobile caterer, a gentleman's outfitter and a diplomat all at the same time. That's more than most people do with their whole lives. Have lovely Sunday evenings of your petticoat lane money and celebrate alchemy for this is what you've done. You've taken a few worthless badges, made them into a Pierre Cardin jacket worth 300 quid and sold it. If that's not turning base metal into gold, I don't know what is. You'll remember that earlier on we mentioned how sandy beaches are better for this sort of thing. On the Monday, if you're feeling rough, get your mate to bury you in the sand so that only your head is showing with your towel of badges under your nose. People love the novelty. Have a little doze if you want. You've earned it. When the good weather goes, sell your remaining stock of sought-after clothes at Petticoat Lane for discount prices. You want to be liquidating stock at this point and head to India for the winter with a profit. There's plenty worse ways to earn a living. Prudence forbids me from naming the perpetrators of this particular caper, of course. They are market traders of my acquaintance, though, and still trade, despite being set up very nicely with an import business from India, paid for initially by badges and sandwiches and black designer jumpers sold to football hooligans. They remain market traders because they like it, which is fortunate. Come to think of it, market trading is not unlike the nature of greatness, as described by William Shakespeare. Some people are born market traders, some people achieve market trading, and some people have market trading thrust upon them. It is this last category with which this book will be chiefly concerned. And there we are. That's that. That's an excerpt from the book, uh, which I, I hope you enjoyed. Um, and that really kind of wraps it up for this week. In the meantime, if you want to get hold of us, it's uh, podcast at Public Grief Junkie. Or if you've got Twitter um, and you're not missing much, if you haven't, it's, it's just boring really but i'm at grief junkie at twitter uh or there's a facebook page or you know see a clairvoyant or shout my name out of a window or something i'll pop up um and that's that all right so we'll be seeing you next monday uh when all manner of stuff might happen who the hell knows i don't could be anything uh in the meantime just want to say thanks to uh richie from little rock audio and a quick shout out to our old mate gary who's not having a great time at the moment he's having a year that just won't stop getting worse so let's uh hope that picks up pretty much soon all right so uh that's it for this week mind how you go and see you next monday ta up hello my love what can i do to you for you that's a classic. That's my twist and shout, mate. That is my twist and shout. That is how it starts. That was issue one of the Board of Excitement podcast from Public Grief Junkie. Thanks for listening.